0: Hello and welcome to Research Roundup brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley, and each month we'll be looking at what's new in cancer in primary care research, and I'll be talking to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today we're speaking with Professor Mayan van der Acker from Goethe University in Germany and Dr Laura Dex from the University of Queensland. Together, Mayan and Laura have recently published Psychosocial Care for Cancer Survivors, a systematic literature review on the role of general practitioners in the journal Psycho-Oncology. Welcome, Mayan and Laura. Thanks for having us. So I'm really interested around why you decided to write a literature review on the role of GPs in providing psychosocial care for cancer survivors. Well, let me
1: go back a couple of years In my PhD, I focused on the well-being of all the cancer survivors, and Marianne was my supervisor, and we have collaborated very well ever since. And one of the things that we found was that several psychological problems only manifested when the initial treatment phase had ended and when the patient was back in the community, so when a GP is the first point of contact again. Now, one of the things that struck us was that there are so many initiatives in the hospital, but we often heard from patients that it was not easy to find access to a psycho-oncologist in the community. We were following the literature and we saw one after the other systematic literature review being published on psychological care for cancer survivors. But interestingly, none of them mentioned the role of the GP at all. Just as an illustration, we found more than 700 reviews, yet none of these discussed the role of the GP So, well, there's a gap, we thought. And so here we are with a literature review on the role of the GP covering the services that are being provided, the views of patients and healthcare professionals and the effectiveness of a handful of interventions.
0: I have to circle back. Did you say 700 reviews that didn't mention GPs?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Really? Wow. Okay, that's a lot more than I even would have thought. So then talking about... Cancer survivors, what psychosocial or psychological and social issues are important to cancer patients or cancer survivors?
2: Well, as Laura said, we collaborated on a cohort study that focused on the well being of older cancer survivors. And what we learned was that problems such as depression and anxiety, cancer survivors with those problems, tend to become more common after the initial intensive treatment phase has ended. And in the beginning, cancer patients need to adapt to the diagnosis, the uncertainty, the treatment and its side effects. It's often only when the focus of the physical decreases that psychological issues first manifest. Another interesting problem that we discovered from this cohort study was loneliness. Loneliness is not commonly seen as an important problem, but several studies have now confirmed that cancer survivors experience this as an important problem. What we found was that around the cancer diagnosis, people with cancer were less lonely compared to healthy controls, but one year later, 42% of older cancer patients were feeling lonely. And not the social loneliness, like we're all experiencing by some degree because of COVID-19 in these days, but the emotional loneliness, which means that you're missing a close friend or partner or someone who you can trust and who understands you. Besides depression, anxiety and loneliness, we also looked at the fear of cancer recurrence and distress. As we know from the literature, these are important concerns for cancer survivors.
0: Thank you. So there's obviously a range of issues that this systematic review has covered. Laura, would you be able to take us through your search strategy and the inclusion and exclusion criteria you used for this review?
1: Yes, certainly. We searched for any combination of cancer, general practice, depression, anxiety, distress, fear of cancer recurrence, and as Marianne said, loneliness. And of course, we also looked for any synonyms such as primary care provider, family physician, etc. And then we used this search strategy in Medline, Embase, PsycInfo and SINAL. And this generated 6,354 unique records. Now, thank God Marianne was there to tell me that, okay, 6,000, it is a lot, but it could have been worse. So we decided to stick with it and screen all 6,354 records. The inclusion criteria we applied were that the paper had to report on adult cancer survivors. This was pretty straightforward. Then we only included studies that reported on the role of the GP. There were quite a number of studies where the GP was mentioned, but where he or she was not actively involved. For example, the GP was merely notified of a problem, but no intervention or measurements followed. So we had to exclude a large number of studies there. And then lastly, we only included studies that reported on any of the specific psychological problems we defined, such as depression and anxiety. The rest of the strategy was standard procedure, really. At least two researchers independently screened and selected the studies. We independently extracted data using a template and we performed a quality assessment for all the studies included. But it was still a lot of work.
0: And so you ended up uh, including 33 studies in the review. What services did you find were being provided by GPs? Well,
2: what we saw was that cancer survivors that experience depressive complaints, anxiety, distress or fear of recurrence are more likely to visit their GP as compared to cancer survivors without those complaints. And Els Gehle, a colleague in the Netherlands, found that Dutch GPs generally do not classify cancer survivors as patients that require, so to speak, special care, and they expect patients will express their concerns and ask for help. Although GPs generally feel that they pay enough attention to the psychosocial well-being of cancer survivors, previous studies have shown that they do not always make good estimates, about their patients' psychosocial needs, nor their patients' attitudes towards treatments. And in the case of psychological problems, GPs offer cancer survivors the prescription of antidepressants, psychotherapy, or both, or they refer patients to specialized mental health care services. When cancer survivors present with psychological complaints to their oncologist, for example, only about half of the oncologists refer the patients. And this contrasts to when cancer survivors bring these complaints to the GP. In that case, the vast majority of psychological problems is treated in primary care. And what we see, though it's not always the proposed treatment, be it medication or referral, are followed up by cancer survivors.
0: And as a follow-up to that, did you find that there were any GP-led interventions that were particularly effective?
1: Well, yes, there are actually two parts to this. First, six out of nine intervention studies that we included tested the effect of a GP-led cancer follow-up. So the intention of these studies was not necessarily to improve psychological problems, but rather to test if... Follow-up by the GP is a safe and acceptable alternative to specialist follow-up, and they all showed it was. They showed that shared care or GP-led follow-up did not result in significant or clinically relevant differences in depression, anxiety, or distress when compared to usual follow-up by the hospital. Second, there were only three studies that specifically aimed to improve depression. One was a pilot study of low quality in in only three patients with no control group. But two studies were randomized controlled trials and were of good quality. These two studies show that an intervention delivered by a multidisciplinary team with, for example, a cancer nurse, a supervising psychiatrist working in collaboration with the patient's oncology team and the GP improved depression. So, in Charpie et al., for example, depression improved in 62% of patients in the intervention group compared to only 17% of patients in the usual care
0: group. So That is quite impressive, isn't it? That really is. (laughs) Great. Your paper also discussed your findings around who should provide care, and you've briefly talked about, you know, specialist GP-led shared care. So what were GPs' perceptions of their role in this area?
2: Well, GPs reported being actively involved in the assessment and treatment of depression, anxiety and distress, and the majority believes that managing these complaints is part of their role. The patient perspective confirms this. A majority of patients feel comfortable with the GP as a first point of contact in case of psychological problems. And an exception to this is the fear of cancer recurrence. Though patients who experience fear of cancer recurrence have more unplanned visits to their GP, they do not necessarily seem to prefer care by the GP for the fear of recurrence. And Schouten et al. found that the majority of healthcare professionals, including the GPs, does not use a systematic approach to discuss patients' psychosocial concerns. 38% use the general question, how are you? and 65% spontaneously address various psychological aspects.
0: Where were the studies from that you included in this review? Did you find any difference between countries where GPs play a gatekeeper role to those that don't?
1: Well, as I mentioned earlier, it might be more difficult to find access to a psycho-oncologist in a community, as they are often only available through the hospital. So as you can imagine, Accessing specialized psycho-oncology care might be harder in countries where the GP plays a gatekeeping role. But we found that that was not the case. The findings from countries where the GP plays a gatekeeping role, such as Australia, the Netherlands, and Canada, were similar to the findings from the US. And in both healthcare systems, cancer survivors had more prescriptions from antidepressants from GPs compared to controls. And patients often prefer to talk to their GP compared to other healthcare providers, except, of course, for fear of recurrence. So in both systems, really, the GP is seen as an important partner in providing psychological
0: care. And our last question is always around the take-home message of your study. So what do you want our listeners to take away from your research? And are there any clinical implications based on your results? Well, yes, we found
1: that with the exception of fear of recurrence, that the GP is well-placed to provide psychological care for cancer survivors. However, we also found that there is sometimes a mismatch between the care patients are looking for and what the GP thinks that the patient seeks. So patients often prefer talking therapy only. They do not necessarily want to take medication. And if we then look at the interventions that were effective, then we saw that the most important common denominator was that these were multidisciplinary, so the GP was part of a bigger team.
2: Well, and I can maybe add to this, that this again illustrates the importance of a better transition between secondary and primary care. This transition does not always happen smoothly. We know that many of the psychological problems only arise after the intensive treatment phase has finished and when the GP is again the first point of contact. The success of multidisciplinary intervention studies illustrate the importance of good communication between secondary and primary care. It's only in this context that we can provide the best quality of care.
0: Thank you. I will mention as well as we finish up that a link to this paper will be included with our show notes as usual. But if you want to learn more about this, fingers crossed that Laura will be presenting at our PC4 Scientific Symposium in May, either live or recorded in some kind of virtual way, we'll get her there. Uh, Thank you both for dialling in today. Greatly appreciated. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info 4 tgcomau or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at PC4TG and there's also our website which is pc4tg.com.au.